All right, so um, welcome back to another um, talk. Uh, so some of our themes for today, we'll, we have some news, some music news. We have mm. some uh, artists that um, we would like to um, share and talk about. And um, one thing as far as um, playing goes, I thought we'd have an overall theme of um, how to practice. Yeah. So a lot of times we talk about um, what to practice. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the easy part. That is, yeah, <laughs> that is the easy part. And that's one thing that I, that I find from, um, from teaching is you deliver what to practice and then what you receive back the next week mm-hmm. is sometimes not, not what you expected. Right. So, uh, so what are some of the ways that you have practiced effectively in the past or talked to students about or, or shared with colleagues or it's, you know, a lot, so much of practice is sort of time management. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know if I've got something coming up the next day or that evening or whatever, where it's like a recording session or sometimes it's a last minute gig and I'll be with a singer and they have all their own charts and you just, panic so the trick is to sit down focus um as you and i have talked about before um the single most effective thing you can do is when you make a mistake stop right there fix it keep moving then go back and do it again if you try to fix it after you get to the end generally you won't fix it it's, right. it's a rare person that can right that can do that um and what you know, one issue I think with that too is that you might not even remember it. It may yeah. it may have been impactful at the moment, mm-hmm. and you realized it, but then there are all these other issues down the road, and it just becomes blurred. And right, yeah. So and that's why you know sometimes when I well I'll have a student play something, I'll, I'll really ask them to play really a short amount. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, can you play these measures here? Right. Um, you know. But oftentimes, if someone does tend to want to play a whole through a whole piece, I'll make notes mm-hmm. as they play along. Like, so okay, I got to go back to this right. this part. Yeah, and it's you know playing through the whole thing is really useful to get phrasing, as we talked about in another video, and structure, and an understanding of how the song works right. and where you need to work inside it. Um, other than that, yeah, break it up, work it out, catch your mistakes quickly, because then you'll fix them and they're done. Right. And, and you can move on and worry about the other thing, like, do I have matching socks for my suit tonight? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, practice, like, like you said, like how, how much or how long uh, can the attention span, you know, last on one given item or one practice session you know yeah i mean there are like when i was playing a lot of classical music you know mm-hmm. you get classical players who would sit there and practice for eight hours a day right um i never understood that because it's exhausting mentally and physically yeah and i'm not convinced there is any useful benefit to that um, yeah my, my opinion on that is that um a ser- serious player, let's say in the developmental stages, um, I would say 
practicing three to five hours would probably be pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah. More than that, I think, becomes starts to become self-dependent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there were periods of time when I, I practiced, I did the eight-hour thing, mm-hmm. and um, I, I found that um, at a certain point, you're just kind of tapped out mentally, yeah. and then you're, you're probably getting on the upper edge of some, some physical injury risks. Very well. much. Yeah. Very much. And it is, yeah, you're, you're just wiped out and, it, you know, it's hard to function and everything else you have to do the rest of the day. Right. You know, just as a human being. Um, right. Much less a musician. Right. Um, that's why I like the, you know, I tell students at least earlier on in their progress, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Give me 20 minutes, three times a day. Right. Let's break okay. it up and work on yeah. things in those 20 minutes. Because, um, yeah, that's that's a good attention span. Right. Focused practice is going to give you the most results. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I would say even you know, as a as a session, I would I would not recommend doing any more than forty five minutes right. in one sitting. That that would be my recommendation. Mm-hmm. And then not and then trying to practice. Somewhere between three and five hours would be really beneficial in the long run, I think. Right. Um, just to have a little bit of that history of doing doing that. Yeah, it's kind of an understanding and, and sort of word breaking in your brain to right. be able to concentrate on the music that long. Because again, if you're doing like symphonic things and all, it's not unusual to have an eight-hour practice, eight-hour rehearsal with an orchestra. Right. So you and you better be focused through the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. you don't don't blink. That's right. Um, so yeah, it is a stamina thing mentally and physically to yeah. do it. But if you feel, especially like you said, physical, anything physical, yeah. where it's like, oh, I'm starting to get a little pain in my wrist or my neck starting to hurt a little bit. Stop. Right. Right there. Yeah. Get up. Walk away. Do something else. Take a hot shower. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, yeah you can. Have, very, you know, lifelong damage. Right. So let's say we were, um, yeah, let's say we were thinking about a, a practice session. Um, what they, I, I recommend to do is to work on, um, as, as far as improvisation, maybe work on um, a portion of a tune, mm-hmm. like uh, like eight measures. So let's say we were playing a little bit mm-hmm. on the uh, first eight bars of Triste, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to um, pick, uh, pick something specific that I'm going to try to achieve, and then we're, we're just going to loop that. Right. So um, what I'm going to try to do here is um, is work on, on some phrasing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do long phrases. And I'm going to try to do like like you were saying the arc mm-hmm. and the other video that we did, um, create a little dynamic arc or arch mm-hmm. um, from soft to loud to to soft again. Yeah, and that's just my and that, that's one thing I, I like to talk to you about is do something specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have a have a focused point in your mind. Say, I need to settle this. Yeah, and then move on yeah yeah all right so we'll just loop the first uh, eight measures mm-hmm. 
So, um, there, just working on that dynamic range, mm -hmm. I caught myself at, at one point playing a more of a two measure phrase. Right. And then I thought, okay, I gotta get, I gotta get back to my original goal. Mm -hmm. You know, original goal was to have this longer phrase, this longer scheme. So, so that's something that you can kind of do, you know, aside mm -hmm. from, uh, changes, um, yeah, playing with the phrase structure and the melodic structure and looking at this is why as an instrumentalist, like especially a bass player or a guitarist who's just comping maybe on a gig mm -hmm. uh, where you're really you're not covering the melody, you might be working with a singer or piano player or something. Yeah. They've got the melody, but we have to understand it. Mm -hmm. And we need to have that I I keep melodies going in my head mm -hmm. the whole time. Yeah. That's far more important. Right. You know, because there's harmonic things and rhythmic things. Yep. that are the difference between hacking around in your garage, which is fun, mm -hmm. or playing a gig in front of 20,000 people. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's how tight is that alignment between you, whoever's doing the melody, and the melody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, we just had news, uh, I think, yesterday of mm. uh, Tony Bennett passing. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, 96 years old. 96. That's an incredibly long career. Long, yeah, long, excellent career. Worked with a lot of a lot of collaborations. Yeah. Um, in the popular space, yeah, as I mean, well as in the jazz. He worked world. with Lady Gaga. Yeah. And they're fantastic. Those mm -hmm. recordings are absolutely amazing. He loved Amy Winehouse. Right. You know, um, but then he could sing with the Basie Band mm -hmm. and kill it. Yeah, so he really kind of straddles that these different eras of you know really sort of the ending um, or you know he sort of took the torch maybe from from some of those earlier crooners singers would you say or yeah yeah um, yeah it's like you know Sinatra had his thing which is amazing yeah but Sinatra sounded best with a big band mm -hmm. he knew it everybody else knew it so that's why he did uh, Tony Bennett could do a big band thing, or he had his trio that was just gorgeous. I mean, just the most beautiful trio. Yeah. You know, very sensitive to how he worked. Right. So he could do small groups and, and large um, groups. Yeah. He did an album with uh, Bill Evans, mm -hmm. piano. Yeah. It's, it's, again, it's incredibly sensitive interpretations of songs. Right. You know, he un he really understood how the song worked. Right. You know, and had a clear idea of where he was going with it. He had a certain charisma about him, too. Mm -hmm. 
I think he, he had a there was a very likable yeah aspect to who he presented himself as. I mean, I don't I've never met him, but yeah, I was never lucky enough. But yeah, he came across yeah very pleasant, very happy, right? Um, totally at ease on stage, mm-hmm. and that yeah, when you see that, you just it's funny the audience will relax when they see somebody who's relaxed on stage, right? Because instead of being oh what's going to happen next, you can just go oh yeah, hey, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, long career, and it's, you know, 96. That's a, that's that's a, a pretty good run. That's a full life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to the radio this morning. I think well, I need to double check this, but it's like he had 20 Grammys. Wow. And I think there was an Emmy in there, and there was all this other stuff. He was first... See the first person to win the Gershwin Prize for popular song. Okay. Um, one of the first Kennedy Center honorees. Some, yeah. Yeah. He did all right. <laughs> 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 all right. So um, let's say um, let's continue with the kind of the practice, mm-hmm. um, how to practice kind of uh, concept. Okay. So take something specific. Mm-hmm. Um, take something small and manageable right. to work with. Um, address issues. Yeah, you know any issue in the um, in the playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of different skills, aren't there? So you've got have technique. Got to get technique going, mm-hmm. um, and so even maintaining to some extent, right? Absolutely, it is so easy to get lazy. Right. Uh, I have this thing that I do at least twice a year is I get in front of a mirror and okay. play. Okay. Yeah. And realize just how terrifically lousy I am. Because <laughs> you get, you start, you know, it's like things, thumb starts creeping over. Yeah. Position is wrong or right. posture stinks or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you see it in the mirror or, you know, video yourself with your phone. Right. Um, yeah. Fix it. Yep. Yeah, recording recording oneself is is huge, and mm-hmm. um, that's one thing that I I, I did um, quite a bit for a, a period of time. Even before I started the whole YouTube, this YouTube project was um, just recording, not so much video, but I think the video is very helpful too. Yeah. Um, but also just re- recording audio and and listening, um, listening to things you want to fix. So I'd record. Maybe a phrase, right. and I listen back, and then I, I do it again. I listen back, because yeah. um, somehow you know, music, you know, it's it's very demanding. You're you're juggling a lot, mm-hmm. um, and if you can not play an instrument and listen to yourself back, I think there's something very powerful about. Oh, ab- absolutely, that. yeah. Separating yourself from the process. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, well, like we said in another video, it's it's like proofreading a book. Mm-hmm. You know, you sort of divorce yourself of the play of playing it and just go, I spelled that right. Did I punctuate that right? It's it's the same. Yeah, but that's how your brain has to work. Yeah. Um, and then you realize you have a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. So um let's see, let's see about maybe playing the next. Mm-hmm. The next next eight, eight bars, mm-hmm. which is where things start getting interesting because we go from 
two bar changes mm-hmm. to one bar changes. One bar changes. Yeah. So, uh, again, a very Jobim thing to do, where he kind of takes a set of the feel and then kind of compresses it and then lets it expand back out. Right. And it's just by the number of chords yeah. he puts in. Yeah. Melody is effectively moving at the same speed. It's mm-hmm. right. It's all this coolness that's going on underneath it. Exactly. Yeah. So um, let's just loop that. We'll just play mm-hmm. it two times. Okay. Let's just play it two times, and then we'll land on the B flat. Mm-hmm. And then um, what I'm gonna um, I'm gonna just sort of emulate this idea of having something to practice. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm gonna do is is work on outlining changes. Okay. So I'm just going to do that. Yeah. That, that's my main goal. It's, which is a great place to start practicing a new tune. Right. Just outline the changes, get it in your head. Right. Understand how it's going from one place to another. Yeah. Yeah. So when we take that approach, just just thinking about it, um, it's just a lot of so um, so then I I would take something like that I would I would evaluate it so right. and that's that's another thing um, um, try to do something in a practice session and evaluate what right. what you, maybe what it could even just be a taste thing like okay what did you like what what didn't you like right um, and so. Um, so now I'm I'm going to try to stretch it out, find some commonalities between those changes, mm-hmm. and not not be as as eighth right. note. Do, do, right. do, 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 do. <laughs> right. So. I'm just trying to think a little bit more stepwise, a little more melodically. I'm trying to yeah. think, okay, what's in common to this mm-hmm. chord and this other chord? If I'm, um, if if I just stay on this note, can that happen? Yeah, can that happen? I know it can happen, but right. is it going to sound good? <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> um, yeah. Uh, are there enough commonalities there where I can just say, okay, you know, this note, or maybe just move over here a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, I may listen back and say what worked and what, what didn't work. How, how deeply do I understand the relationships in, right. in between chords and, and move it? Yeah, I mean, a tune like forward. this, you know, you look at bar seven, uh, eight, no, sorry, can't even count, nine and ten, where we're going from C minor seven to the A half diminished seven to the D seven flat nine. You've got a C. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. under the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then, then, you know, we got G minor, seven. So technically, you could play G flat, and then you're ending on an A. So you could play the root, or the bass player, you play the root, um, or the C sharp, but we got a sharp nine in there. Mm-hmm. So he brought, gave us the C back. Right. So effectively, there's two notes mm-hmm. in that four bars. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's a way of just, yeah, flip it around. Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's what I find so, so fascinating about practice and just music is just, is just gaining insights. Like, like all the insights that you just, you know, mentioned um, is just that ex- exploring um you had mentioned something as we were talking about um putting together this video um uh, where we just talk about making noise yeah right i encourage that with students right you should take take the last five minutes of every practice session if you're going to do 20 minute chunks mm-hmm. it's nice it's relaxed you're good take that last five minutes make noise right find out what your instrument can Right. And find out what you can do on your instrument. You, you learn this by exploring it. And, and with a musical instrument, a lot of that is noise mm-hmm. until, you, until you can sort of filter it out and go, okay, you know, I like, you know, that was, that's a good note. You know, if I'm, eh, okay, that's pretty. Right. Is that useful? Yeah. Right. This is, this is where you need to, yeah. you know, I love that. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be under the right thing. Or, right. So it's learning consonants and dissonance. And, right. Trying things. Yeah. Just trying. Yeah. Just trying. You're not going to hurt anybody. You're not going to break music. Right. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, I, guess, I guess moving into a somewhat of a different uh, topic, mm-hmm. um, playing inside versus playing outside, like, um, uh, I I was pretty pretty heavily into um, Coltrane and and Dave Liebman. Um, mm-hmm. Really interested in and the whole aspect of, of pushing boundaries um, and and playing things that um, are not really playing the changes. Right. Um, um, so, but then you want to find find a place for for those you know mm-hmm. moments. Um, I think so. Um, but I always found that a little bit interesting, but that kind of ties into, into the idea of, of just playing something, you yeah, know, playing play anything sounds. Yeah. Any combination of notes, you can start to hear this whole relationship. And interestingly, at least what I found is, you know, I'm also exploring how my hands are working, moving on the instrument. Mm-hmm. So it's not just these no relationships. It's, Oh, if I put my hand like that, yeah, I get this, mm-hmm. and it's repeatable. Yeah, but you know, that's cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it is. It's a mental and physical combined thing. But no, right. I, I love the idea of just just noise, just raise hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so let's um, let's see. Let's play. Um, Let's play the, uh, let's kind of keep going down eight measures at a time and just pick a, pick kind of a, a topic, Mm -hmm. um, to play. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to try to 
think of a rhythmic cell or a rhythmic okay. figure, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna make an effort to re repeat that. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm gonna keep it real simple. Okay. And um, I'm gonna come up with it on the fly, and then I'm just gonna kind of repeat it mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, and we'll just do it. let's do it just two times through mm -hmm. again. Just want to give folks the idea of you know how you might do some things, and you can do this on. Um, on iReal Pro or Band in a Box, right. just loop certain sections. Yeah. Pick a certain concept, record yourself doing it, mm -hmm. and just evaluate. Yeah, evaluate it and just do it over and over. Yeah, find those things that, you know, make you happy. Yeah. When you're playing it. You have to be happy. Yeah. You have to enjoy. Yeah. If this if this is doing. torture, get up, walk away, walk the dog. Yeah. Come back. Yep. If you, if you become angry about it, I know people who can become very productive when they get angry mm -hmm. when they're playing music. There are a very small number of them, though. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, let's um, yeah, let's do the um, first eight of the B section. First of the B section. So part of the process there, I, I had a rhythm in mind, mm -hmm. um, and I played it, and I, I played it very faithfully right. the first, first time through. And then mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'm kind of getting it, yeah. so I'm feeling like I'm making the changes as I'm playing that rhythm. So then I, I, I just kind of freed it up a little bit. I said, well, I'm going to continue that rhythm, but every other time I do it, I'm just going to like tag something mm -hmm. to it. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, so then I thought, well, that went pretty well the first time, so I'm going to do it again the right. second time. So you can even do, to some extent, things on the spot, like, okay, this is maybe within my level. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe I can branch out and try to do this thing. But was, I think you always want to assess, you know, what um, what's going on. Is it in the wheelhouse right you know, and um, can you do it you know so yeah yeah and i mean the, you know so much of this is well i completely agree with that you know in practice once you kind of have it in your head and in your hands mm -hmm. you want to push a little bit yeah you know and start adding okay you know that that works well that rhythm works well those chords work well now what right can i add a note can I add a rest another beat can I tweak it just a little bit and expanding your internal knowledge mm -hmm. of this without making yourself insane right you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to really push and go oh I gotta get this I gotta get this I gotta get this you will never get it yeah yeah it just won't happen you'll make you'll lose your mind right right um and um you know we've um all been through you're really trial and error. I mean, mm -hmm. and to some extent, we all teach ourselves. Yeah. We get guidance from teachers. Yeah. Uh, we get guidance from other musicians. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but um, really, we all have to individually sit down and, and, and 
teach ourselves, you know, and that's mm-hmm. part of the pro- process, I think, too, is just having fun with practice. I mean, it's one of those things like um, you could say to someone, oh, oh I like to practice and they may not believe you <laughs> and maybe you are being disingenuous yeah, but, <laughs> but there is something a little bit tortured about it yeah yeah there's the, the sort of tortured artist yeah mentality and yeah yeah we all tend to do that it's like i just practiced for seven and a half hours yeah unless you made some you know real headway nobody cares <laughs> right, right. right you could put it on your uh Put it on your wall. Hey, yeah. I did this, but yeah, nobody's gonna see it. Um, yeah, you better off. To me, you better off spending shorter focus times mm-hmm. working on mechanics, working on the theory, working on tunes, and working on ideas. Right. And all these things are useful in the real world. Yeah. And then you know how about um, folks that might be watching right now and and asking themselves like, why don't I get results? Or like, when to expect results? Um, the, the short snotty answer is when they happen. Yeah. The, long, the, the longer answer is when they happen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, we all hit plateaus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, earlier this year, I was working on stuff, and I could not get over it. Mm-hmm. It just was not going to happen. Yeah. So it was a matter of backing up, walking away, looking at something else mm-hmm. that let me come back. Right. It gave me just a slight every have you found that every time you practice something for a while, like you might work you're working on something for a week. Yeah. And then you go away and you do something else and you come back, that other thing that you practiced has changed your view of the first thing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it, it kind so. of adjusts your insight a couple of degrees one way or the other. Yeah. Where all of a sudden you're seeing the first thing that might have been bugging you a little bit and you can go, Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, this, this and it could be totally unrelated right you know one could one could be straight ahead jazz another could be a polka mm-hmm. yeah but it gives you it's one one or two more synapses in your brain firing a little differently yeah that gives you a view right where you go ah right that's where got it right and you nail it yeah and then you know you know deep down and, and we're really making an effort to internalize something Deep down, does that does that does the mind really know any difference between any of these different things? You know, like uh, like does it do they know, does it know this is a polka and this is oh, you're supposed to be playing jazz now? Or right? Is it just sound that you know at some level? I I maybe think that's so. getting too. I don't know. Philosophical, I mean, but well, like that goes along with you know when people ask, I'll be working with somebody they're like, oh, the song is normally in C, but I do it in G flat. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? And my standard line is, yeah, sure, all the notes look alike to me. Uh-huh. And yeah. I think in my brain, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a polka or, yeah. or if I'm playing swing or, if I'm, you know, doing death metal or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's the notes are the notes. Yep. And then when you're also thinking about, you know, music and performing, you know, like, like the, the G flat. Um, idea there you know um i think that one concert we played it was a a christmas concert and the singer there she wanted it in g flat and so i'm thinking Mm -hmm. do i bring a different guitar do i tune at some point Mm -hmm. um 
like no i'm just playing g flat but it's yeah. not the most friendly guitar key ever but. no you you <laughs> there's a distinct lack of open strings right yeah right. <laughs> uh it's a really pretty sounding key yeah you know i i do um yeah g flat c sharp b hmm. these are really complex sounding keys yeah um it'll make you nuts yeah i mean sometimes you just but i got it in my head a long time ago and it took a long time was especially because you know i play fretless mostly they're all the same uh -huh. this, this is this is horizontal math here <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yep and and how long or short i make the string that's finds the note style is what comes out of my head mm -hmm. These are mechanics. Okay. Playing the actual notes. So, yeah, if you, that plateau thing is real and it happens to everybody. I've known musicians in their 80s who are just screaming because they've hit this plateau. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. You got to find a way to work around it. I have a friend who's a really, really good songwriter, who's award winning and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, when he starts to lose his mind, he goes canoeing. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Completely unplugs. He takes a little travel guitar with him. Okay. But he will go canoeing for like a week. Nice. And he usually comes back like some songs, <laughs> <laughs> which is really annoying. Yeah. Um, but that's how you, re you reset. Sometimes yeah. you do have to step away and reset, play something else, do something else. Right. You know, anything. Right. Anything. Yeah. And that's, that's what I found with uh, recording. I've been really interested in recording here of late. And uh, um, I, I find that um, I'll just, if, if some, some, some things are just really like technical, like mm -hmm. I really had to really had to work at um, like the, the video I did with the Mike Stern chromosome. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I was traveling to, um, to, to do lessons and I was like like doing right hand alternate picking with one hand like on the trip yeah that's a heck of a tune that's, yeah, yeah I'm like yeah. I'm like I gotta get this right hand going I'm like doing this and like I put like a <laughs> put a metronome on in the car as I'm going like like okay my hand is gonna do this for like an hour that's, while I'm driving. that's not, not exactly that much time. it's not bad I mean I'm still working on you know uh, thumb one two three Mm -hmm. And I'm really, really working on yeah. driving that classical guitar technique. Um, yeah, because it works. So I will just sit and yeah, and do diff and do them in different orders. Just put it on my put my hand on my leg and yeah, you know, yeah. Do backwards and forwards and alternating. Yeah, and slowly I'm getting nice, nice. But yeah, that's yeah but, the technical stuff. Yeah, any anything yeah. that's really technically difficult, and if I'll do I'll do scratch recordings. I'm like. Mm -hmm. Am I ready on this tune or not? Yeah. Scratch recording. Yeah. Uh, digital tape is free and yeah. unlimited. The you know, answer is no or it's yes. Yes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's funny because there is this thinking about, well, I don't want to record myself because it's committing it to, mm -hmm. you know, permanence. Yeah. No, it's not going in the Smithsonian. Right. <laughs> you, you throw it away. Like I say, digital tape is free and plentiful. Yeah. Where it used to be tape was expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, you, so you were cautious about what you put down. Yeah. Now you don't have to be. Just, yeah, record it. You don't like it, back up, record over it. Yeah, exactly. Then, but yeah, the technical stuff, 
That's kind of a whole different thought process, isn't it? Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I'm, I am, I'm committing one day per week minimum to doing classical guitar, um, and it's not a long period of time, but it's it's actually somewhat of a relaxing thing. Like, have some coffee in the morning and do a couple hours of classical repertoire, and I'll just, yeah, not bad. Yeah, just work on some stuff. I'd like to commit more time to it, but just realistically, it's not happening at this moment. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, anything that's kind of techno. Some of the jazz stuff is really pretty. Some of it's pretty easy going. Like a lot of the real book tunes, or a lot of the tunes you might just play at a casual mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, they're probably some of them don't require even practice or just familiarity. Especially if you're yeah. playing melody, mm-hmm. um, or yeah. if you have a singer, and then you yeah. want to be familiar with the changes. Well, like we said before, you know, it's if we're the backing musician, if we're backing up a soloist or something like that. Yeah, at least listen through enough so you generally know how the melody operates. Mm-hmm. You know, is working through the song. Keep that going in your head, right? Because there's going to be hits, there's going to be stops, there's going to be things. Yeah, if you do it together, it sounds really good. Yeah, if you all do it in a slightly different spot, yeah, no, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry we waited till now because I'm pretty excited about. Um, this artist that you were um, um, telling me about earlier. Oh, yeah, Sharon Kovacs. Okay. This is, um, yeah, like I, I told you, off camera. Um, I'm really mad I didn't hear her sooner. Okay. So she's had stuff out for I think, eight or nine years. Yeah. Um, some of it is very dark. Um, so brace yourself. You okay. Know, be, be in a happy place. Right. Um, but I find it extraordinary. Her songwriting and her, her singing. Is, yeah, it is not all happy, uh, but it is incredible. Right. Um, and it's worth paying attention to. Yeah, we were listening to, what's the name of tune? I'm a Fool? Or, yeah, a Fool Like You. I'm a Fool Like You. Okay. Yeah, that was great. That was, yeah. With, uh, yeah, her with the Metropole Orchestra from about six years ago, with Jules yeah. Buckley directing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the orchestra's incredible. She's incredible. incredible. Yeah. Um, playing not easy music. No. You know, so we were kind of laughing that one violinist had the oh boy bass going. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. full. You want to see what full concentration looks like? Yeah, watch that, the violinist that on that was video. The face of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing that, you know, focus practice um in your session it's so easy to just be like well i'm just here nobody's listening to me i don't really have to focus if you get into the mindset of just dedicating focus anytime you're picking up that instrument Mm -hmm. that way when if you are in her position at some point it's like you can deliver that focus right i'm sure she has a huge amount of experience oh yeah just doing that but exactly yeah and it, it is that focus of, well, I know um, Robert Fripp talks a lot about intent mm. with each note. Mm. Okay. Um, I like that. And I, yeah, I like that a lot where it's, what is the note doing? This, okay, we are going seriously deep into the weirdness here. Mm-hmm. What is the note doing? Where is it? How long is it? What is its tonal behavior? Mm. Uh, especially because, you know, it's like, because I like to play fretless if I... I can move that note around. Yeah. 
you know, am I, am I sliding into it? Am I sliding down to it? Am I just hitting it? Yeah. You know, am I hitting it and then adding a wide vibrato? All these little things that stack up yeah. that, that make, when you hear a really amazing performance, that is generally players who paid attention at that level. Right. Right. Yeah. Very detailed. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, if you think of it as like a pondalist painting, okay, almost where it's just little dots. Yeah, you know, and then when you stand back, it's wow, uh-huh. it's this incredibly moving painting. Right. But when you stand up right and you face right up next to it, it's just a bunch of colored dots. Right. Right. And each one of those dots had intent. Yeah. Nice. So. Thus endeth the super heavy portion of the lesson. <laughs> I mean, look at this. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, that's eventually where you want to land. Yeah. Is to be able to focus at that level where every note has its own individual structure. Uh-huh. Nice. And you can basically manipulate that however you want to get your musical intent across. Right, right. That's wonderful. So just to make this all complete, why don't we, if you have time, John, mm-hmm. play like the last eight bars? Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, so this is what, you know, when we might ask ourselves, okay, what is, what is our, um, what is the thing we're after as far as maybe improvisation? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so... I'm going to think a little bit more. So let's see what covered um, very beginning. We, oh, we did phrasing mm-hmm. and dynamics and softness right. and loudness. That was the first eight. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, all of these you could apply to it, all of them, but mm-hmm. we're just kind of, kind of just running through some yeah. things. Uh, we covered play and the changes, which right. kind of makes sense on those faster harmonic rhythms. Right. Um, and then we covered a rhythm, specific mm-hmm. rhythm. Um, so here I'm going to, I'm going to think a little bit about, um, maybe stepwise motion mm-hmm. and scales, okay. um, or, or tonal centers, mm-hmm. um, rather than necessarily that's going to fit into playing the changes, but it's going to be more of like, um, like yeah. music theory. I don't know. Yeah, Something it is. Like and, and it's interesting if you're. If you're reading along at home, uh, last eight of tree stay, it's basically two fives. It just uh-huh. goes two five, two five, five, two five. But bars three and four of last eight, D minor seven to D flat half diminished or D flat diminished seven uh-huh. does not it does not seem like a two five, but it is. Uh-huh. You know, if you're going so we got E flat, A flat, right? And then we got D. Flat diminished has a G in it. Mm. All right, so we can D, 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 D. So he gives you the two five, but it's like he rotated it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I might even think about like, um, you could even do some superimposition, like maybe, mm-hmm. like you said, G. Even G minor, if I did a G minor C seven, G minor seven flat five. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, nice. Um, so D minor seven, G seven, um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you play that G7 again, mm-hmm. with it, that's the D flat in the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful chord, yeah, and, it's and, it, cool. and it lands down yeah. on the C. Yeah. So nicely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. So, um, so yeah, let's let's play through it just maybe two times. Yeah. So then you can have like uh, these different things, tools in your toolbox, mm-hmm. you know, and then you've practiced and gone through and you can talk about this thing and then talk about this thing, you know, when you yeah. impro- improvise. And, um, you know, there are certain certain times, you know, also just playing live where just, just you know, the moment strikes you in a certain, mm-hmm. certain way. Sometimes it's really, you know, it's all intuitive and you're all just kind of kind of doing it and mm-hmm. falling into place but other times when when the the mind is not as as cooperative right. they just say well <laughs> i'll try this device yeah this device <laughs> and then sometimes that pushes you into a certain thing it too. does and kind of let it kind of opens up your thinking and, mm-hmm. and lets you just play it yeah yeah and then people can connect a little bit with um some certain things especially yeah. the rhythm one that we talked about yeah. Um, you could create any sort of sequence um, helps people like, oh, oh, I hear something. I recognize now they're playing something back again, or that's mm-hmm. sort of a question. And this is sort of an answer. Yeah. So all that. So. Yeah. It, it's um, somebody used to say, it's like you're giving the audience something to hang their ears on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could play way outside and then you give them something comfortable, mm-hmm. even for just two beats. Right. And it lets them go. Right, then you can take them right back up again. Right, right. Yeah, and it's you're bringing the audience along with you, and that's kind of the point. Yeah, I mean, I think about any any sort of good writing from a an episode of of some show. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, not written by AI, but yeah. but who knows? <laughs> I guess I'm just throwing that. Out. Yeah, I support SAG after. Yes, we do. Uh, but. Um, but yeah, so um, there there are moments in the story that are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and that you're supposed to feel that way. Yeah, because that's good storytelling. Like, yeah. otherwise you're not going to feel engaged. You know, so solos can kind of be like like that oh, as well. Very so. much. I have I have this rule, um, just for me, but because I love art, I love sculpture and painting and all this, and I enjoy art. Yeah, I find them very relaxing. And I found that if I see a piece of art that makes me feel uncomfortable, I need to spend more time with that because mm-hmm. I need to know why it's making me uncomfortable. What is yeah. what is the artist doing or saying? Right. Hopefully, it was intentional on the artist's part instead of me just being some sort of you know troglodyte and not understanding him. Yeah. But usually, it's like ah, okay, I need to dig here. Yeah. You know, this is this is. Because a reaction doesn't have to be a positive reaction. Uh-huh. 
That's right. You know, as an artist, we can hand people negative reactions. We can hand them indifferent. You know, we can. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rea- any reaction means you reached somebody. Right. And right. That's really where we want to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, music touches people very uh, deeply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Subconsciously. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, John. Well, really appreciate fun. it. Yeah, that was awesome. So, yeah. um, so we'll be back with more and um, hope you all have a really great practice session. Let me not forget to um, give John some plugs here. We've got cables. I do. My company, Instrument Audio, we do custom audio cables for musicians and studios. So someone can text you and they can say, hey, I want a foot and a half TS cable with one right angle, mm-hmm. I want one straight, straight or, or yeah. XLR. Mm-hmm. XLR is um, multi-channels. I'll do snakes if you ask me very nicely. Okay. Because um, those make you want to scream sometimes. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the idea is uh, I like working with cables and they make a difference. They do, yeah. And uh, yeah, the better the better your equipment, the better you sound. Right. But doesn't mean you have to lose your mind and spend a billion dollars on everything. Right. But good professional level equipment and will last you forever. Right. And you'll grow into whatever you're working with. Um, right. Whereas you some equipment you'll just have a ceiling it's that's just, gonna make it it's so limiting. Right. Yeah, that's why, you know. I bet students have discovered you play, you sit down with a better instrument than the one you own and all of a sudden you can play better. Mm-hmm. And it's just because equipment let you do more. Right. Yeah. It lets you do more. Same with the electronics. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you also design bases and. Well, yeah. Working with a builder, designing a new instrument. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Nice. So that's kind of a, a long-term ongoing. Hopefully have something by the end of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, I've done this work, you know, designed electronics and, and these systems Yeah. for musical instruments. And, you know, I've been a bass player for a long time. I know what I like and I know what works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got another builder that I'm working with. So when we're ready to announce, okay. we'll have a big thing about that. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So so you, this is going to be like a collaboration. This, this is a co- yeah, long-term collaborative nice. thing. And okay. it will be available for order. That's awesome. Um, okay, so we'll be we'll be uh, we'll be plugging that. Yeah, so we'll have it. Make sure we show it off right here. Awesome, that'll be great. Look yeah. forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all in the next one. See you next time. <laughs>